0: Hello and welcome to the St Mark's Podcast. Whether you regularly join us at church on Sundays or you're joining us for the very first time, we hope that this week's talk inspires you and draws you closer to Jesus. Part of a new series, which I'm sure Matt will introduce really well, and going to dass we'll So, uh, I'm one of the pastors here. I see the, the rising gens, so children, youth, families. What that means is I'm normally talking to very, very little people, and not very big people. Not like, well, very big, but you know, you're, you're just a little bit older than, uh, than what I'm used to, so I always get a little bit nervous. But that's okay. Um, <laughs> um, I thought I'd start off by is talking about. She visited my church in Leicester when uh, we were both 16. Uh, she was visiting her sister, who was a uni there, uh, and uh, she came to the evening services with her sister, to visit my church. And I, I met her uh, there. I remember meeting her in the foyer. We'd been asked, it was one of those moments where someone had come up to the young people of the church and said, Go and make friends with this girl, she's on her own. Yeah. And I was like, Yes! <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> she looks <is> lovely. <laughs> And she did uh, She looked really, really beautiful I remember thinking that moment Gosh, wow She is just so beautiful I made sure I sat next to her In church uh, And uh, tried to make jokes All the way through the worship Which she didn't find funny at all She kept giving us a look like the One of talking to me When I'm trying to worship Jesus And uh, anyway Long story short We ended up talking All the time I couldn't stop thinking about her all the time, 24-7. We would message 24-7. Um, we would uh, talk on the phone, on FaceTime all the time. We used to uh, Facebook message each other like, until 3 or 4 am at uh, night, uh, just because we couldn't stop, I just always wanted to be her. I always wanted to be um, getting closer to her. I always was for that relationship with her. Uh, which I eventually got after asking her out three times uh, it took a little while <laughs> <laughs> um, and in fact there was one time I, I was going to ask her out and um, I was travelling up because she didn't live in Leicester, she lived in Norfolk <laughs> that's why we um, were a sort of long distance relationship and I was travelling to, uh, to Norfolk um, <laughs> I won't tell you the story, actually, just but it actually has nothing to do with my sermon. It's just a really funny story. So, <laughs> I, and I've been contemplating whether to share it or not, but then actually, if, if I did, we'd be here all day and, and, you know. So you can ask me afterwards about it, but um, anyway, it's a funny story about a train. But, but the fact is, we're very excited about it, but before we even go out, I just wanted to talk to her all the time. I wanted to be with her all the time, I wanted to be near her all the time. I wanted to spend time with her all the time. What does that have to do with sermon? Don't know, we'll find out later. Um, We're kicking off a new series called Purpose. Okay, and um, I wondered, do you ever wonder what your purpose is? What is your purpose? What is your purpose in life? What is the purpose of life? Is it 42? Or is it something maybe a little bit more exciting than that? Where do we find our purpose? I did a little Google search. Where do I find my purpose? Came up with some interesting results, actually. Some said, find your purpose in your job, find your purpose in your passions, in the community that's around you. Others said, quite a lot of them said, to look within. Look within to find your purpose. But you can't look within to find your purpose. I'm gonna tell you that now. I just I just really don't think you can. You can't tell you what your purpose is. Because you didn't create you. If you had a new invention, you didn't know what it was for, you didn't know how to use it, how would you find out its purpose? Well you either ask its creator or you look it up in the manual, you read the instructions manual. And the same is true with our purpose. If we want to find out what our purpose is, then either we need to ask our Creator, God, or we need to read the instructions. This Bible. When I was a kid, we used to say that the Bible stands for best instructions before leaving earth. This is our instruction book where we can find our purpose. And so, our new series is going to explore what our purpose is. And we're going to start that off by thinking about being planned for God's pleasure. Planned for God's pleasure. So, we're going to explore that a little bit. But there was one guy who was really, really, really good at giving God. In other words, we can say, for God's pleasure is making God (coughs) smile." How do we make God smile? As our number one purpose, as our primary purpose. Well, there's a guy in the Bible called Noah. You might have heard him. He does a really good vote. and uh, he was really good at making God smile. So, if you uh, want to follow along with Genesis chapter six and we are going to verse eight. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, Japheth, and now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an the end of all people. For the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark
1: of cypress
0: wood, Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you want to do it. And then he goes into all the details about how to do it. I'm not going to read all of those. But we'll start there. Four ways that I think we can make God smile as our primary purpose. Four examples that Noah gives to us. The first one is we love God supremely. God smiles when we love him supremely. Noah loved God. In fact, he had a really close relationship with God. It says that in verse 9. It says that Noah was a righteous man. He was blameless among the people of his time and he walked faithfully with God. What God wants most out of us, more than anything, is a relationship with Him. How amazing! That God, God of gods, Lord of lords, King of kings, omnipresent, omnipotent omnipotent, 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 all-powerful and almighty, can do anything he wants at the click of his fingers. God wants to have a relationship with us. God longs for us to know him. He longs for us to spend time with him. In fact, it should be our primary number one objective to love God. Jesus said that is the greatest commandment is to love God. The first thing you should do before anything else is love God. The second way Noah made God smile. He trusted him completely. Noah had to have complete faith in God when he built the ark. He had to trust God that the rain would come. He had to trust God that he had everything he needed to build it. He had to trust God that the animals would come. Trusting God means having complete faith in Him. Trusting in God and not money or worldly things. One thing that Matt talked about last week um, during his giving sermon was where we put our trust. Are we putting our trust in money? Are we finding our security and our comfort and our provision and protection in money? That was something that really spoke to me. He reminded us to put our trust back in God. Fully and completely have faith in him. But trusting isn't easy. Noah was 107 when he started building the ark. A young man, I know. 107. By the time the rain actually came, he was 600 years old, according to the Bible. So... 493 years, he was building the ark and waiting for the rain to come. I don't think that every single one of those 493 years, every single one of those days, was a good day, an easy day. I think he had to put a lot of trust in God. No doubt there would have been discouraging days. I know when I do DIY, things don't always go to plan. Grace always uh, uh, tells me that um, whenever I do DIY, there's always something that goes wrong. I always end up getting annoyed, frustrated, and then about an hour later, managing to sort it out. And every job seems to take twice as long because I'm constantly learning from my mistakes. If you ask how I do DIY, I made a mistake first. I know I'm gonna get it on before I start the job. I know it's all gonna to go to pot. Noah must have had for this those days where you was building the ark, you must think, supposed to build that bit on first before I put that bit on. have got to take it all apart now and then and then put it all back together and hang on a second and we'll just put that bit on the wrong way around. And he's doing it all on his own. He must have had. Some of those days. This story of Noah, it goes on to say all of the things that Noah needs to do. He said make a roof for it, leaving below the roof and opening one cubit high all around, put the door to the side of the ark and make lower here with another desk. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life on the heaven, every creature that has breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish. I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark. You and your sons, your wife and the sons' wives with you. you are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of creature that moves Two uh, Sorry, two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground. <laughs> will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as for you and for them. Lots of instructions. It's a good thing that you wrote it down. <clears throat> because God gave him a lot of instructions. But verse 22 says, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Third. God smiles when we obey him wholeheartedly. Building the ark and saving the animals and his family must have been difficult. Noah would have needed to do everything to God's exact specifications. God didn't just say, build any old boat. He didn't say build whatever boat you like. I mean, it needs to fit all these animals in, and it needs to fit all this food in, and your family. But build it how you like. If that was me, great. Let's build a cruise ship. Let's give us some things to do when we're there. Yeah, we don't know how long we're going to be there. That might be nice. We might be fun. We can have a big slide on the top and a swimming pool on top as well. Then all the animals can be underneath. It'd be really exciting. But God gave him exact instructions. Now, what would you say? What would you say if God came to you and said, Look, John, I want you to build a boat exactly like this. It's going to be big, it needs to do all of these things, you need three different decks, you need this exact size and this exact piece of wood, you need, okay, all the instructions. What would you say if God suddenly came to you and said, I need you to build a boat? Would you just straight away go? Oh yeah, of course. We've got a or would you say, would you have some questions? Would you have some reservations? Would you want to know why? Would you want to know how long it's going to take me to build it? Would you want to say, hang on a second, oh, great. If I could just have, you know, if you help us with me, that would be really helpful. Um, and also, I'm not sure um, about. The way that you've laid the boat out, I was wondering if I could maybe have a swimming pool on top as well. What would be your objections? What would be your reservations for doing that? Sometimes it's like that, isn't it? When we feel God's prompting us to do something, or um, we read something in the Bible that it says we ought to be doing, or where we ought to be living, and we think. Yeah, well, i like to do that a little bit when it would be hard. But that's not wholeheartedly obeying God. I know it happens a lot to me where God, I feel God prompts me to do something, but I chicken out. Because I'm maybe a little bit scared, maybe a little bit worried about what other people might think of me if I do that. But wholehearted obedience is done joyfully and straight away with enthusiasm. There's no verse here that I can see where Noah says, just give me some time to think about it. It goes straight into Noah talking about, uh, to God, talking about the world and what he's going to do. And he asked Noah to build a boat, and Noah did everything. Just as but no hesitation there. There was no um, questions. There was no well. Let me think about it. Well, I might be a bit scared. Well, what will other people think? Can you imagine for 500, four four hundred no and ninety three years, he's worrying about what other people think. People must be coming up to him while he's like, Why? Why is he never writing? And all the people in the town think he's absolutely nuts because he's building a giant boat. Can you imagine that? People coming up to Noah and saying, No, why on earth are you building that boat? How many times do you think his boat maybe got in banging because they thought he was crazy? Because he's building a boat and it's quite But James said, We please God by what we do, not only by what we believe. We please God by what we do. Obedience to God is a way of bringing God pleasure. It's showing him our love for him. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Obeying God wholeheartedly is a way of showing our love to him supremely. The fourth and final thing that Noah did. Right at the end, after he built the boat, after he'd been on the water for 40 days and 40 nights, after he found dry land, the first thing he did when he got back, Noah built an altar to the Lord. And taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed birds' offerings on it. He praised him, and he thanked him. God smiles when we praise him and thank him continually. Now, Noah had an altar. We've got an altar. I don't have any animals to burn under her. Have you? No. We're not going to burn animals because We don't have to do that anymore. But Noah did. That was the way that he worshipped. That was the way that he praised God and thanked him. Was he sacrificed. Animals and burnt them on the altar. Instead, we're told to offer to God a sacrifice of praise, a sacrifice of thanksgiving. We praise God for who He is and we thank God for what He has done. Sometimes, a bit like in church, we do that through song, then it leads us in worship and we praise God and we thank Him. We get the luxury of enjoying. What God has done for us. So when we express that enjoyment back to Him, it brings Him pleasure. But worship is not just about singing. Worship is not just about lighting candles or burning incense or whatever your normal tradition might be. It's not just about Ben leading us in songs. Worship is when we make God smile. Making God smile, loving Him supremely, trusting Him completely, obeying Him wholeheartedly, and praising and thanking Him continually. That is our worship. It's all the time, it's part of our daily life. God calls us to be a living sacrifice. That means sacrificing all of our lives. Every single part of our lives, to make sure that every single part of our lives honors Him, that every single part of our lives is a way of worshiping Him, of loving Him and trusting in Him, of obeying Him and praising him, and thanking Him. What impact would that have? If we today, sat here, thought, you know what? Okay. Maybe I'll try loving God in every single little thing that I do. God's going to be my number one. I'm going to trust Him. I'm not going to trust Him or anything, I'm going to trust Him. I know He's got good things for me. I know He loves me. I know He provides and protects me. I'm going to trust Him completely. I'm going to obey Him. When he asked me to do something I wanted to, I straight away. Enthusiastically as well, wholeheartedly. And I'm going to praise him and thank him continually in every single thing that I do. Imagine what I'd look like if we went out from here as individuals. What would our lives look like? What change in our lives would that make? What change would that make for the people around us? But we're not just individuals, we're church. And I think it's exciting that as we, uh, after looking at our vision as a church, we're now going to be looking at our purpose. (laughs) Because as we as a church, when we find our purpose, both as individuals and as church, a family, a community, I think we're going to see exciting things happen in the group Our purpose at the end of this series, as we go through this series, what that's going to look like for Grimsby, for um, our streets, our towns, where we work, where we live—it's exciting. So we're going to move into a time of ministry now. Joel and Ben are, uh, are going to come up and. What I'd really like us to do, just as we um, start this new series on purpose, as we start exploring our purpose, uh, before we look at this Plan for God's pleasure, um, I'd really like to just pray for us. Pray for us as a church, as a family, as we explore our purpose. So, if you're able to, I'd like to invite you to stand.